Welcome to Campfire Football. I'm Sebastian North. This is episode 123 with the PK Spot. So I'm a plant enthusiast. I've got a lot of plants in my house. And also as a football enthusiast, I have at times tried to mix the two. So in the past, I've taken some of my old balls and put some plants in them, sometimes given them away as gifts. And it's always been kind of fun, but the balls have been sort of ratty, right? They've been the old ones. I've ripped them apart. I've done my own little thing, and and it hasn't always really worked that well. And then I came across this page, these people who hollow out footballs and put beautiful plants inside them. This is Kat from the PK Spot. Her partner, Evelyn, was not able to join the call, but Kat took me through their road in creating this little company. It's a whole ton of fun. Check it out. All right, well, the PK Spot. I, I, I want to know so much because I just, I, I, one day I looked online, I was just looking around on Instagram and I saw a ball with a plant coming out of it. And I have done this with multiple of my trashed soccer balls over the years. <laughs> and I have a large plant collection, but I also gave them away as gifts and um, cool. everyone, everyone killed them. Uh, and I <laughs> only found out that it was, it was pretty difficult to keep them alive. So yeah, I was fascinated, found your page, loved it, and I wanted to chat with you about this. So tell me all about yourself and your process. Um, well, first off, thank you. Um, also, I am just one half of the PK spot, so I'm not the like plant half. I can't keep a plant alive to save my life. <laughs> so I would have been one of those friends. Um <laughs> and then <laughs> um so basically we were browsing instagram and um we Wait, saw before we go any further before we go yeah for, I, I just t- say your name and sort of where you're from oh, as well just we, we or, or else we're true. gonna or else we're gonna go so far in and then we're <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense um i'm kat i currently reside in boise idaho but i'm from virginia nice yeah um and then the partnership um her name's evelyn and she's from utah um but essentially we were browsing instagram um came across some basketball planters and um that's all we would really see was basketball and i was like oh there's gotta be something for soccer like the beautiful game plants like it just made sense um I grew up playing soccer so my heart is very much with the sport um and that's kind of how the idea like arised um took a lot of trial and error to figure out like best methodology um things like that um and then and we've had people like request like can we get a football or a basketball and i'm like "Mm, strictly soccer here but i'll like (laughs) send you to the pages i know might do that um so yeah that's basically how it came about um my partner very much the plant person and i'm very much the soccer person so it felt like a perfect like marriage there as well um and then it kind of just like took off a little bit um i've been very 
impressed by the soccer community. Um, it's something I've missed since like not playing competitively. I play indoor, but like that competitive nature is sometimes missing in indoor. Um, totally, totally. And Boise has a small but growing community. So it's also was a way for me to like stay connected with the sport. I could talk the sport to people that actually understand. Um, and <laughs> yeah, it's been really nice to like, just see the community, see how supportive the community is. Um, and that goes for basically most accounts I've come across people I've come across. So it's been very like harmonious and eye opening and yeah. I think it, what you're touching on is the community side of it. I just every time I every time I talk to somebody, uh, whether it's another podcaster who does this something in their own niche or um, someone who like, for instance, there's a coffee company, Kickoff Coffee. I don't know if you're sort oh, of yeah. integrated with them on Instagram as well. Yeah, I had them on and it, it's just uh, everyone speaks about how open and welcoming the community of just people who are just basically soccer nerds who are just doing something that they like to do and just applying it with just a dash of, you know, the beautiful game. So I also wanted to know the craft style. So what do you two, Kat and Evelyn bring to the table specifically? So she's more the plant person. One of the things that I found that was really difficult about using at least an old ball was that the air gets out of it too quickly. It's it's very, very difficult for the dirt to actually stay moist enough and the plants don't dry out. And I was thinking there's a like there are little things I'm taking shortcuts on that you all must do really, really well. And so there's also the side of how did you learn this process of making a ball perfectly so that it, it really does keep a plant kind of more alive I'm sure Evelyn th has thought about that a fair <laughs> bit as well but how, yeah. yeah your skills coming together to make all that work because you do it brilliantly really really well well thank you um yeah definitely a lot of like trial and error um we use like an actual pot in the ball which kind of helps it sustain life more um I guess you could say um, and then we've learned like ball textures that don't keep shape. Like you're talking about where the air escapes too fast if you cut into it. And then the shape is all types of wonky. Um, it's not like perfectly round like you would ideally like it. Um, so we've learned a few like, yeah, materials to maybe avoid if people are like can we do this and I'm like Ooh, that material is like rough um and then we've come up with a few tricks to try to keep it that perfectly round shape um and that's been a bit of the process um we're very you know it's sometimes easier to take the plant out of the soccer ball planter if you keep it in a pot and water it um but some of our planters have like the drainage system at the bottom, um, just through the pot itself. So, and how much did you know previously, either of you, about the materials that a ball is made of? I mean, is this this sounds like something that over time you've been like, 
wow, there's a real difference in all these kinds of things. And I mean, would you say you've really opened up your own knowledge of something you never really thought you would, yeah, research or look into? Or is this something that you've already done before? Oh, no, definitely something that's come along the way. Um, You know, like looking at a soccer ball or football, you can tell like, okay, like a Nike strike, the material is different than maybe an Adidas. Um, But yeah, the more that we got deeper into it, we were like, oh, this is how the material reacts to like losing air or um, whatnot. And so it's very interesting to see like quality of ball um not just for playing purposes but just the way it's made um things to avoid like if they the material like can crack more easily or um and it's interesting to see like when you cut into it the different bladders they use um things like that like something I never thought I would really know get to the bottom of but yeah, it's been definitely interesting. Well, I think about how many people in the world like to play or interact with all different brands and tight, you know, and quality level of ball. And they have absolutely no idea necessarily that the bladder is different from a Nike to an Adidas or that there are major differences in the materials they're using. I don't think very many people think about that at all. I, I mean, there's one ball that everyone talks about, and it's the 2010 Jabulani, the one that that just was like a Nerf ball that fizzed all over the place. But outside of that, I don't think very many people consider that how big of a manufacturing difference there is on all the different levels. And just by literally cutting balls open and sticking plants inside, you've opened up a world that previously was unknown to you. And I think for most people, I mean, I've got all these balls behind me on my on my desk <laughs> here they're all very, very different. And I don't think people give that as much thought as uh, you've just discovered, which that's, I think that's really cool. It's, and and it gives you a whole other (laughs) set of expertise and knowledge that, like I said, you otherwise probably wouldn't have had. Yeah. Like it's something I definitely never thought about while playing or just walking in a store, looking at footballs, you know, like never would have crossed my mind some are stitched some like little octagons are just like glued and so it definitely gives me more insight and I like approach a football more like differently you know where I'm looking at all those minor details now and I don't yeah it gives me a extra level of appreciation for the work that goes behind the scenes of manufacturing a ball like you said so then what would be if you were to recommend a, like a ball, say to people to, you know, not, not to actually cut open, but, um, right. <laughs> but to actually use, like, uh, have you gotten a different perspective on what different brands are doing and which ones maybe take better care of craftsmanship, which, you know, just has that colored your perspective on the different types of balls and brands available? Um, that's a good question. Um, I feel like I haven't thought about it too, too much. I definitely am a fan of like a Nike strike ball. I like the detail. I think they are manufactured really well. Um, 
you can never beat an Adidas. Um, <laughs> it's it's a fun, fun fact though. Like uh, a size one Adidas, they're mostly made with foam inside. Um, they don't actually have bladders or anything. Um, which I never really took. I don't know a closer look at like if they had an actual needle hole to like put air into, but um, that's something that we've learned the hard way. <laughs> That's funny you mentioned that because we have at my indoor for the club I work for at our indoor facility, we have like bags, big ball bags full of size twos. And those mm -hmm. do take air, but I haven't seen any ones. So I'll see yeah. if I can if I'll see if I can find one and, and check <laughs> on that because all of our balls are Adidas. So that is something I'll, okay. I'll take a look at. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's funny. The size ones. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, I guess from a manufacturing mm -hmm. point of view, that's a that's a bladder the size of a small balloon, right? Like why? Right. Yeah. Something yeah. probably more e will rupture maybe a little more easily. I don't know. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> that's funny. So you've, how, how long has the company been going? How long have you done? Has the PK spot been alive? Um, like, well, so we made the Instagram like almost like in, 2020 january of 2020 but didn't do anything with it um we were gonna set it off and then the world kind of took a turn um so it's really really been active since about february january of last year um so coming up on a year and did that you know period of time where the pandemic happened did that just sort of give you extra time to really hone in on it or or was that just a year of chaos uh, it was just like a year of chaos. Like <laughs> we both worked during the whole thing. So when we get home, it would just be like, oh gosh, like let's just relax and not do much of anything. So when, so you said you had it, the idea started and everything in January, 2020, at what point did it sort of, okay, knuckle down, start ripping balls apart, get that trial and error process yeah. going. When did that really kick off? Um, I would say about like the beginning of January of 2021. Um, we did like in 2020, we did do two balls. Um, I had a best friend that was like, hey, just make me one so you guys can like test it out. And I don't care like what it turns out to, but like I'll pay you some for it. And I was like, oh, okay. Awesome. Um, yeah, so that she kind of helped me get a little bit of that like motivation back to be like okay let me actually do this see what it's like trial and error it um and then the beginning of january 2021 we were like all right new year you know super cliche but like let's let's get this off the ground and like be actually motivated to see what can come of it and have you been surprised with you know just how it's gone or yeah um really surprised I mean honestly like any sale is above expectation <laughs> um we're super small like it started out as just a hobby a way to connect to the community so anyone that takes stake in that we are super appreciative of that um so yeah and then like a couple months when you get like more than one sale and you're like wow like this can actually go somewhere people actually like 
enjoy or take stock in what we're doing um definitely fuels the fire to like want to keep putting it out there and stuff well and you'll never have a shortage of balls because all these companies keep re-releasing something new every year so that's true <laughs> and then and then the key is if you can get your hands on classics like the one just over my shoulder is like an like an original mls ball that has the sort of volleyball stitch look to it yeah um we've gotten so many requests for like the classics um so we're trying to dip our feet a little bit into it um some people have sent us like their classics which just feels like such an honor because you're like wow you trust us to like yeah, that's really cool really cut this cut into this <laughs> so yeah definitely trying to get our hands on more classics you know searching ebay things like that where you can really find stuff i mean that's awesome that's just a clear like you know step-by-step -step expansion but again what you you're mentioning people sending you their their classic ball and saying stick a knife in this and put a plan in it i mean that right. that really does that shows you the level of community right where you also had your first sale was someone being like here i'll buy one just give me one and get started right and right it's, it's cool to see that the support is there you're seeing it this is a good time of year for you too right you've been around since you know you go you're going into the new christmas se another christmas season basically right yeah so essentially we kind of like slowed from like july to now just a lot of like life happening um so yeah now we're working on, on a new drop just in time for like the holiday season like you're talking about um and then we're working on well we haven't announced it yet but like we're gonna start trying to make keychains from the scraps that we mm. cut out so that we're just really continuing to reuse the footballs upcycle them um so that we're not necessarily wasting those tops um Totally. So we're trying to find, you know, the unique patterns, the unique shapes that we can find within a football, which, like you say, gives another level of appreciation for what the manufacturers are doing and what the creatives of the ball are doing. Um, so, yeah. Well, and I love it because, you, you, yeah, when you cut open a ball, there's a pat there's certain patches you cut off and get rid of. Right. And so right. now there's that piece of how do you get creative with, oh, these are more raw materials that we have. We could either throw them away or yeah, reuse them, upcycle them, and maybe give them a different value in a different way. I, I think that's rad. I think that's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree. It definitely, you know, we thought about it for a while. Like we've kept every scrap because we were like, we don't feel right. Like just tossing these, there's got to be another use. Um, so yeah, I'm like, everyone loves the keychain. We can see what we do here and we're hoping to drop that like before Thanksgiving. Well, I'll give you just while it's on my mind, there's, if you need any inspiration, do you know about John Paul's balls? He's uh, his Instagram oh, page. Have you seen that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's outstanding. Incredible outstanding yeah anyone who does not know this go look up john paul's balls he doesn't sell the balls he makes but he's like a master craftsman does like leather work and 
yeah, just does amazing stuff. So I, I didn't know you gain a lot of, you can get a lot of ideas for what else to do by looking at what he does with scraps and different things like that. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, he's No, go ahead. Go ahead. Amazing. No, I was just going to say, yeah, he's amazing and what he can come up with, what he does. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and it's, I think it, that's where you go. Oh man, like that, that really is like years of craftsmanship learning to get to that point. Um, yeah. But it's also, you know, just mind blowing to see what someone's able to do. And then it just, yeah, it can give you ideas. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah. So the other cool thing about it's not just Christmas holiday season coming up where people are going to want to get gifts and, you know, uh, little soccer gifts for people who are very into the game. But it's also going to be during the World Cup. Like, so right. is there a little bit of that that you're kind of linking? Like, how can we harness the power of the World Cup for what is also a holiday season and we sell plants and balls. Yeah, definitely. It brings another opportunity to the, to the stage. Um, yeah, we've, we've thought about it a little bit. Um, I just feel like the world cup is approaching way faster than like I anticipated. <laughs> like I'm like, how is it two weeks away? Yeah. Um, it's snuck up on everybody. Yeah. It's not. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping that there's, you know, stories that come out of the World Cup that we can also use to, like, showcase what we're doing. Um, obviously, having product, um, the World Cup will just bring more eyes to that. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, you can't help but have the World Cup cross your mind or be at the forefront when you're doing something soccer-related. Totally. And I, I think um, it's just going to be an interesting time because especially in the United States, we're going to see, you know, a big bump of people looking for, yeah, just not just content, but anything related to the game. And so there's going to be that bonanza. And so if, if you're able to sort of slip in to, to that wave into that current, <laughs> That you you could be in a situation where you're going to have to hire a bunch of elves and minions to help you cut balls <laughs> open and put plants in them. <laughs> right. You know, I've, yeah. I've, got, I've got, you know, I, I had uh, Halloween was last week. I had four of the girls, the 10 year old girls I coached showed up as minions. I was, <laughs> was, was like, y'all are ready to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe you can, uh, if you need to, maybe you can coerce some of the local kids in your uh, in your area who who want to get involved to, you know, give you some labor so that you can crank out the balls to the people who want them. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good idea. I might have to keep that in my head. Um, but like building off of what you said, the World Cup does prove to be a opportunity for Americans specifically because you. Know, I don't know. Most of the time when I do talk to people, they're like, oh, yeah, soccer, the World Cup. I do tune in for that. Um, so you're right, like definitely slipping into the market there or um, I don't know. It's just always cool to see the game is growing in America and the World Cup just allows for it to be pushed a bit harder for American fans to tune in or to get family members to tune in um to get 
I don't know, people walking on a sidewalk, walk into a bar when they're hearing crazy fans cheering or booing or whatever it is. So it is an exciting time for our country specifically to be able to like grow the game more. I I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. And also, you, you know, in a town like Boise, which I've been to, I love Boise. It's a great place. I actually helped. Um, I worked at Whole Foods when they opened the store there. So I was oh, nice. sent there to for the first month to just kind of like help work um, and got to spend time in the town and really, really liked it. And over time, I have started to see teams from Boise come for tournaments more often down in the Denver area. And um, you can t- and and Boise a lot of people out here know full well is is a town that's growing a lot of people call it the denver what denver was in the 90s kind of in terms of size before <laughs> before everyone showed up here um yeah because yeah. they are similar when you're there you're like oh man this does remind me of what it was like before before we had a, the green rush is what we call it um yeah when everyone moved over here for weed basically that's that's the green rush so <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> yeah so um but Boise's a a really cool town for you to be doing this in because it is still a very small community and the soccer community there is growing fast, but it's still tight. And so mm-hmm. you just you your your business sort of just being in and around that is is a it's a it's a good community for you to just be in and, and have customer bases coming out of it, I'd say. Um my recommendation is find a way to get into one of those soccer bars with a bunch of your balls and they will, you will clear them out in no time. <laughs> yeah. There, it's really cool. Um, a soccer bar actually just opened up um, like a month ago. Um, and so that's definitely what we're trying to do. Um, it's very soccer specific, which is one of its kind in Boise. Um so definitely trying to link up with the owner there, trying to see what we can do. Um, if you're ever in Boise, Liga um, Bar is what it's called. Sweet. So, yeah. Yeah, and no, I, I just – one of the things I used to do if I would get – if I had too many plants or I started getting too many cuttings or whatever – I used to just kind of stick them in a pot and go to a bar that I used to like that I was a regular at and be like, here, stick it in your windowsill. And they'd always be like, <laughs> oh, this is great, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then if people go into a bar and they see a plant inside a ball, but also it's like, yeah, but you could also buy these. This is a local business. Um, support your local, you know, female entrepreneurs. Come on, let's go. You know, that kind of thing. It's, yeah. You can easily ride a wave with this and especially because people do have that generosity for something especially that is creative and is just it's a nice thing i mean uh, uh, plants die you know what i mean like it they're they're not super easy to keep alive for a very long time and so the fact that people would invest in the craft it's not really the plant it's everything outside of the plant it's the interaction yeah. that you have had with making this little thing look the way it does right yeah it's a perfect talking piece as well like we have a few and so when people come over they're like oh is that a soccer ball and they're like yes let me tell you more (laughs) it's perfect so yeah world cups coming up what are you what are you most looking forward to for the actual 
tournament. And I, and I, I ask this also because I think there's a lot of people are very either conflicted with Qatar as a country to host, but then they're also yeah. like, and then there's people who are like, oh, it's, it doesn't feel right that it's in the wintertime. And I don't mm-hmm. want this to conflict with Thanksgiving. And I, I think I've heard all kinds of very interesting things. Me, I'm, I'm just soccer obsessed. So I'm excited to be able to wake <laughs> up at four and take my first nap at 4 PM and just watch games all day. Right. I'm excited. Um, yeah. So how's it for you coming up? Um, I, I'm also pretty excited. The, I think the thing that's tripping me up the most, regardless of the political, those ramifications of the country itself, um, is that there's just so many injuries right now. And I just feel like big players are falling off the scene that I would be really excited to see play in the World Cup. Um, but again, I think the World Cup for me, like you said, it's just soccer all day. It's, you know, you get to see, I like paying attention to like the up and coming, the people that start to really break out on the scene. Um the people that can, I don't know, step up in the biggest moment. Um, that's what I'm most excited about to see, like who really steps up for their country in the biggest moment, and, like shines. Um, and then the USA group is very interesting, so I'm really excited for that. Yeah, that's it's it's going to be fascinating. I've yeah. I've heard so much. I, I have my my strong opinions on the way the, the U.S. Um, sort of how it's all sort of teeing up and the way a lot of people talk about it. But I am excited for the group for sure. I, and actually, here's what I, I would love to know. Who are the players that are not going to be there that you were most excited to see? We'll start with the absentees. Um, Reese James. Well, I'm a Chelsea fan, so hey, I'm hoping. So yeah. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, I'm hoping he can maybe slip in there and get like a qualifying stage, but also don't want him to like rush back. Um, with that, like Ben Showell as well. Um, yeah. Timo Werner. That one is, I think, big. Um, and then I saw Alfonso Davies got injured, but it might not be serious because that would just be such a heartbreaking situation now that Canada's finally in the World Cup. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, just so m- my mom's yeah. from France. Um, and so Pogba and, Con- and Kante are both <sighs> out. Kante is the big one for me. As a child, I mean, this is my probably my favorite player over the last five, seven years. Yeah. Uh, he's in a I gold frame right above my head right there. So. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but yeah, Reese James as well. And speaking of James, Reese James, and if you're a Chelsea fan, have you been paying attention to his sister recently? Oh my gosh. Yeah. She's starting to score goals for the women's. And I saw her, she hit the Chelsea badge in front of the United women last night. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I know. I saw that. I was like, oh, she scored against her old team. And then. Yeah. And then, yeah, I saw a celebration. Of, yeah, I, it's they're amazing to watch. I mean, watching Lauren James, it's like it's like you're watching twins. Like they their temperament is yeah. unshakable. They're both they both have this amazing calm to them. 
they both play the same their body types the same just like strong quick on the deck really amazing agile feet and yeah no it's a it's an amazing brother and sister combo i don't think i've ever seen anything like it to be honest i don't think so either and i feel like they both have like a wicked shot on them and they both have like this like calmness this like confidence or arrogance but like this humility tied with it and you're just like uh that's why you do what you do (laughs) they're they both feel good to watch it's it's a yeah and again it's just the strangest thing to to see a brother and a sister that are so similar as players because i I, look i coach i see a lot of brothers and sisters and a lot of brothers and brothers and sisters and sisters and they're (laughs) so rare that they are so similar it's you know and and then also so talented as well like yeah Yeah, neither one of them is like living in a shadow of the other which is i feel like what you would see in siblings but they're just carving their own paths and like amazing at what they do agreed well so let's let's go to the people who aren't absentees the people you're excited to actually see who are there whether they're whether they're monsters or whether they're up and comers, which uh, what do you what are you looking forward to? Um, people specifically, um, or teams, or teams. Okay. Um. So, I'm interested. Well, like a Mason Mount, because I know people talk a lot about him in a negative light. So I'm interested to see what he can do at the World Cup to maybe like, I don't know, silence some people or just really prove that he is valuable. I think most of us can see that, but like on a World Cup stage to really see, um, I don't know, him flourish. I think it's but, a good shout. Mason Mount for, mm-hmm. for, if he can have a breakout tournament, it would, yeah, yeah. That's a good shout. Yeah, because he's a workhorse. So, and he's quality. I would like to. Yeah, I would like to see him get in on some goals at the World Cup, um, just to really like stake claim to his work, his work rate plus the uh, attacking attributes he has. Um, teams. Oh gosh, I just feel like there's so many, and there's so many storylines with like. This is probably Messi and Ronaldo's last World Cup. Oh, definitely. Um, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, even like a Neymar type of shout, like for Brazil. Um, I'm really interested to see like how Brazil and Argentina do um, as like the South American teams. And then I'm interested to see how the African teams do because I feel like there's a lot of talent in these teams now. Um, so I'm interested to see if they can like really break out, reach quarters, semis, maybe. I know a lot of people have eyes on Senegal. Mm-hmm. And as a Chelsea fan, I too have eyes on Senegal with Mendy and Koulibaly and things like that. But their team is really stacked. So I'm interested to see how the African teams do. I think they have a lot of momentum this World Cup compared to others. So, well, I think there's this weird little, um, 
small X factor that may be one or may not. I don't know, but there's a lot of Muslim players in the game and they've never, Mm -hmm. ever been able to play a world cup in a Muslim country where your culture and your faith and things, you can kind of be a little bit more expressive with them, or you may feel more able to be more expressive with them than you maybe would, you know, in Russia or in the United States or in England or wherever. And so there's more of like, I, I just get a feeling a lot of the Muslim players are going to feel just a little more at home. Um, mm. You know, uh, wouldn't be surprised if goal celebrations include a lot more players, you know, praying sort of in a way. And and I, I love to yeah. see that kind of thing, but because it's when culture just, just mixes in together and you just see it. But mm-hmm. I, I've thought a lot about how like, we need to remember this isn't a Muslim country, so we might see just that that side of the flair and tradition and culture sort of come out a little bit more. Um, and if players are feeling, you know, just kind of like, oh yeah, this is this is a nice environment that I look in the stands and I see something that reflects in a way something that just makes me a little more comfortable. And who knows? I I just wonder how a lot of those teams may do. You know, Morocco, Iran, um, you know. I I think it's going to be fascinating to see how that pans out. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I haven't thought about it. Like, you know, in context of the religion, the culture, the comfortability, most players or countries will have. And I think that will play a factor because you're representing on not just a country level now, like it can be this cultural religious stance as well. Um, so hmm, that will, I'm going to keep an eye out for that now. Yeah. I just think it's, it's, um, uh, not very many people have recognized that there might be some countries who are just, who really do feel at home. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 Iran is a really, is, is a country that I, I always come back to because, you know, we're in the United States that they're in the same group people talk a lot about how Iran is probably the team's going to finish bottom. Um, so many people are saying that I've said multiple yeah. times to people. I said it, oh, I've wow. said it on this podcast before I was uh, in France, 1998 in Lyon, when Iran played the United States, the last time they did in the world cup and we lost, they were better <laughs> period. So I, I, I think people are taking that for granted, but also, yeah, like a lot of these countries, the players, not necessarily the ones that play already in big leagues internationally, but the ones who are like in the Iranian league and they get brought into the national team. Like, I don't know. There's just a certain level of, uh, you have to have a togetherness at the world cup. You have to have a good vibe. And that also can lend to where you are. I think I heard, I, I remember hearing stories in 2014 that there were some teams whose setups in Brazil were like terrible and then there were others who had a really, really good setup, and and it and it that'll change the way you perform in a tournament, right? Yeah, I would imagine mm-hmm. the teams will have everything they need, but also if you're in a country where all of the cultural, the little tiny cultural things, um, the, t- the tiny things about like <laughs> where light switches are, how you t- you take your shoes on and off when you go into a room, or different things like that, if you don't have culture shock in a place and you feel at home maybe that just lends to being able to perform just at that highest level at the world cup. So that's just something I've been like, just keep an eye on, on any country from a Muslim place. They might just feel 
at peace and at ease. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think you have a point. <laughs> and then you've got countries like Australia and England who are going and their local populations and governments are basically demanding that they speak out. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. does that help you? Right. Like, is that something that like, is that, that an unnecessary distraction that, that, that because the world's so folk, the Western world is so focused on human rights abuses and, and, and Qatari law. Does that extra baggage get put on a lot of these European players? And then the South Americans just wander in and they win everything because the Europeans are too focused on one thing <laughs> and they get knocked off by the Arab countries who then can't compete with Messi and Neymar. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It'll be an interesting dynamic for sure. Even to see like what's happening in the stands, like what will be allowed, what will not be allowed. Um, yeah, I think it's going to have a lot of talking points, hopefully good talking points, you know, yeah. where countries will <laughs> show up as underdogs and do something incredible. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. Is there any underdog that you're um, any other underdog aside from Senegal, of course, that 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 you're really excited for? Um, I guess it like kind of goes back to who's an underdog, like what determines being an underdog, right? That's a fair um, point. That's a very fair point. Yeah, because like, I don't know, to me, the U.S. team is kind of an underdog, but then they can kind of be looked at as a team that should be doing well but we've never proven any of that. So I don't like, um, that's always so my that's point. Our yeah. To us fans, I'm like, you haven't done anything. Um, just, just go into it excited to be there. You have to. Ex- yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I don't really know. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm here for anyone that just goes on a good run. Um, I, it's like so the world cup is so interesting because you want to have like allegiances to your own like nationality so for me it's like the u.s and then mexico is kind of like okay you have my allegiance because of my nationality but at the same time i'm like oh but like i'm low-key rooting for argentina but then i'm low-key rooting for like belgium and like I would love to see Eden Hazard get a trophy of that magnitude, especially because he's not really on the scene anymore. Um, So I just feel like the World Cup is so interesting and like who you actually root for, like all the way. (laughs) Like I feel like the the stories just change. I mean, look as a as a as a Mexico fan, you've got to be hoping El Tri do the uh, quinto partido, right? That's always what they talk about getting getting to the fifth game. That's that's always yeah. The I know. I'm like, yeah. If we could get past that, that would just be a trophy in and of itself. <laughs> and, and and I think that's that is like like you say that is a big part of the World Cup. It's like you're maybe not worried about Mexico winning the whole thing, but what it would mean to Mexican football to make a quarterfinal would be huge. Just be huge. Yeah. You know, it's a football mad country. I mean, it's like so many players, so much talent and yeah, it'd just be nice to see them 
get that. I was in when I was in I went to Russia for <clears throat> the 2018 World Cup and I was in this bar in Kazan uh watching Mexico against Germany and I went in there fully I went into the bar fully like you know I, I had like uh red and green and black uh bandanas <laughs> and I like tied them up together and I was like all right I am like rooting for Mexico and when they <laughs> scored <clears throat> when they scored their goal at this point I was I was pretty greased up but I did a knee slide like <laughs> through the bar and people were like are you Mexican I was like no but my guy like I was from the US I was like I'm just so happy to see this team winning this game because it was it was thrilling and and people were like oh, okay man. like uh, I'm liking Mexico <laughs> that's fantastic but I, I'm super excited for that team but it's always you know the the conversation surrounding Mexico is is difficult it's, it's like people are very divided Mexican football fans are very divided about what they think should happen. Do you, do you have any opinions on, on Mexico going into this? Like, should Chicharito oh be there? Uh, I would, I, gosh, he was, he was on fire in the MLS. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think he'd be someone that you'd want on a bench. Like whether he's starting or not, I think he could, proved to be clutch in those type of moments um he's been to one before I feel like he knows the stakes like he's connected to that maybe more so than other players um oh gosh yeah I feel like like even like Vela like gosh I'm like she's our federation just <laughs> like it's more so he doesn't want to be there right so i'm like if we could like fix some dynamics in our federation um so that we could be pulling the talent we have um yeah my expectations are they get through the group stage um i feel like i don't know like I was feeling good about the team a couple of years ago and now I'm like, I don't know where yeah. I stand with the team, the continuity, the chemistry of it. Um, so I just expect to get out of the group. <laughs> and you're in a group with Argentina, Saudi Arabia and Poland. So it's doable. Right. I mean, Argentina, the Argentina, Mexico games sure. going to be great. I'm really excited for that. Oh gosh. Me too. <laughs> and I will also say Mexico wins my personal award for best jersey in the tournament. That away. Oh, it's one of my yeah, it's I'm gonna be buying that beauty. one. It's, it's one of my favorites. Is there any do you yeah do you have any plans to use that in some way as a tribute? <laughs> it's for, for <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know how are you gonna start getting into cutting jerseys and putting them around the balls? <laughs> I don't know. Um, we threw around the idea of like adding to the keychains because some of the footballs, you know, you get the perfect like octagon, but it's just white or black, just like a singular color. And you're like, does someone really want to rep a singular color octagon? So we were like, how can we like spice this up? 
So maybe might be an idea. Yeah. I mean, that, that Jersey is the best. I'm, I hope we get to see it. I hope they don't just play in green the whole tournament. Oh gosh. Aren't they supposed to for the group stage? I don't know. I don't I haven't heard that. I didn't know that. If that's true, that's interesting. They have to wear their home. Yeah. Huh. I think I heard they're going all green for the group stage. Interesting. Yeah. Agreed. Well, maybe they're just saving it for the fifth game. Yeah, that that's it, right? And then <laughs> you got you can't do that. You got to use it on the fourth so that you can right. you know get to the fifth. <laughs> so, well, let's let's wrap this up in a couple minutes here. I I wanted to sort of once again just kind of go into your business is you something unique, and as you said, you at the beginning when you were looking around, you found that there wasn't anyone else doing this really uh you'd seen other sports balls being used and so you decide to get into it one of the things that i've always heard is if you have an idea and it sounds like a good one there's zero percent chance someone else has not thought of that or probably done it but here you are kind of operating in a way it's like there haven't been very many other people and the cool thing is Mm -hmm. you're two women who have come into this and it's a it's really cool to see from my perspective another you know female soccer business that yeah can just dip into more people can get into more people's minds and also just gives an inspiration for like okay i could build something pretty quickly and easily if i have the effort and desire to go through the trial and error and give something to people so how does that feel kind of entering the soccer business? I mean, you're part of the industry as a whole in some way. Yeah, that's that's interesting. You're entrepreneurs. <laughs> um, I know. I'm like, whoa. Um, no, it's it's cool. Like, definitely taking pride in the fact that, you know, we're female. Um, there's, like, I feel like a rise um of females being in the industry more you know whether that's just like the game side of it getting more attention and people acknowledging like oh women are good at soccer like they're phenomenal at it they have talent um which I think just lends its hand to creating space for female creatives to enter the community um, and to be acknowledged for the work that they're doing. So yeah, just, I don't know, being a small part of that is nice, feels good. You know, if people, if a young girl or a woman in her twenties or thirties can look at us being two females doing this and be like, Oh, I think I like have an idea and I want to get my feet wet. Then you know, we'll take all the pride in that. The game definitely needs more females at the forefront or just creatives um, along with, you know, our counterparts. So, yeah. I think the creatives is a huge part of it because one thing I've been saying for a while now, the growth of women being involved in whatever venture they choose within the game, it, it adds just perspectives and it adds different creative mindsets and processes that are really good for people to trade and and sort of bounce off each other and Mm -hmm. 
I just like the way that a lot of these companies are helping provide just a different mindset towards just a business. For instance, I don't know how much have you heard you've heard of Ida, Ida Sports? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I talked to Laura. I had her on the, I've had her on the podcast tw- uh once and her partner Ben as well on the podcast and talking to her was fascinating because she had her ideas for where to take the company were a lot of things that most men wouldn't think of. It's just it's it you've got a certain way of looking how can we be creative these are a few ideas that we have and some of the things she was telling me i was like i could get a room of five guys i could get a in a room with five other guys and that little idea none of us would have come up with so it's a diversity of ideas that really can benefit because we do come from their brains work differently we come from slightly different perspectives but if we can bounce these things off each other i think that's what ends up creating far richer just things in the game, right? I mean, imagine if you guys yeah. did partner up with John Paul's balls. How cool would that be? Yeah. That would be phenomenal. Keep speaking that into existence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just keep saying it. Just keep saying it. it'll happen. Yeah. So I don't know, but it's is that something that you you've kind of noticed or experienced over this over this last year doing this? Um, like the partnership side or just like the creative dynamic side or creative dynamics yeah 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 um oh like a little bit yeah it's been interesting because like most of the people that have oh sorry I'm like walking down the hallway no you're good you're good dark um (laughs) um most of the people that have reached out have been male like and so it's been interesting to see like the growth and just that of like you're saying bouncing ideas off or um um, wanting to propel women or put them you know let them have their stage to shine a little bit um and I agree like our brains work differently you know (laughs) like to me it's all about balance like if we can have you know, a session where ideas are popping off and we're getting to tap into different parts of our brain, like the logical, the creative, all of that, then it proves to be a more successful business because you need all of the perspective. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, I want to give you, you go ahead and plug your plug the pk spot say whatever you want to about it and yourself and your partner and uh anything else you want to say we can go on with our days here (laughs) um well one just thanks for giving us the opportunity to be on your podcast to shine a little light on what we're doing over here um our our thing is you know just trying to make the game the beautiful game more beautiful um so if you can bring some plants to your life and um have them in a decorative soccer ball planter then it's just like a win-win um (laughs) i know plants are also like on the rise and football is on the rise in america at least so um we definitely take pride in reaching Americans 
that's where the heart is. That's where our heart is. That's where we want to grow the game. Um, but I mean, really anyone, this is just the best game. It's global. Every country does it, (laughs) you know, like, um, so we're just thankful to be part of the community in a small way. Um, we are mostly active on Instagram at the PK spot. (laughs) Um, so and you yeah, have an Etsy we're store, just right? grateful for, yeah, we have an Etsy store. Um, it's the PK spot on Etsy as well. Um, so it's in the link in our bio on our Instagram might be the easiest way to find it. Um, but yeah, and we have a new drop coming soon. I'm hoping it hits this Thursday or Friday. And then we have keychains on the way. Awesome. I'm, I'm so, so stoked. We got to talk because it, what you do speaks directly to me, but I'm sure it speaks to a lot of other people. And yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's going to be an exciting time for you guys just to be able to, to go into a holiday season where you've, you really have, you know, greased up this, this business to, to a degree where who knows what happens over the next month. But I love the inspiration. I think you, you you two are doing a great job and um I heavily recommend anyone go check out the PK spot Instagram or anywhere else. 